Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. So without further ado, we're going to jump into our message for this morning. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the topic where Jesus is talking about America's number one stressor and one of the leading causes of divorce in our country today, and that is money and finances, okay? Now, for some of you who have been tracking with us over the last couple of weeks, we've been working our way through Matthew chapter 6, and right here in the middle of Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. And he's been giving us a series of prohibitions or warnings where he's saying, hey, watch out for this, watch out for this. If we ignore those warnings that we've seen, that it's just an obvious kind of mistake because it will keep us from living fully in the kingdom of God as Jesus came to bring it. The full spiritual reality of walking and living with God in this life, not waiting till heaven, but doing it right now. This is what Jesus intended. He intended, he shows us over and over, this is how you do it. Most people miss it, but here's how you do it. And if we ignore these warnings, it's going to cause great stress, anxiety, worry. We will be riddled with it, which is a really good description of much of our world today. Okay? Now, I want to begin by asking you to consider a scenario. First, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have rented in the past or are currently renting your residence? Okay, anybody here rented before? Okay, a lot of you, most of you, okay. <clears throat> Leslie and I have too. We all rented at some point. As a matter of fact, some of you may be parents of students where you just moved your kids into something rented, a dormitory or an apartment or something, right? So you're very familiar with rented facilities, okay? Yeah, we're all, so imagine for a moment you had either your son or daughter or a younger person that really looks to you for advice, you're a mentor to them, etc. They come to you and they're like, I need some financial advice. And here's my idea. I'm going to make over my apartment. I mean, it's gonna look so awesome when I get done. I'm gonna get all new flooring, like hardwood, of top end, like awesome hardwood, new countertops, beautiful countertops, all new plumbing fixtures in the kitchen, the bathroom. This is gonna look incredible. I'm gonna bring a designer in. When I get through with this place, I mean, Architectural Digest will want to take pictures of this apartment and put it in their magazine. It's gonna be amazing. Here's the catch, though. I can't take any of it with me but it's gonna take most of my savings, or if not all of it, to do what I just told you I'm gonna do. Would this be a wise financial decision, yes or no? Go ahead and just say it out loud, yes or no? No, exactly, it would be ridiculous. Why? Because it's a temporary residence and you don't get to take it with you. Now that answer you just gave me is exactly the reason why Jesus is saying he's given the warning we're going to look at today. He is trying to give that same warning to every single one of us, me too, all of us. Let's take a look. This is Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 19. Here's what Jesus said about money. And, and if you would, read this, this first highlighted word with me. Don't store up 
treasures here on earth where moths eat them, rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasure in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal. Okay, so let's define that first word because I think this really, everything hinges on understanding what this is. I think a, a good working definition of treasures are the things that we try to keep because we have assigned value to them, okay? Because we have placed value on these things. And here's the thing Jesus knew about us as human beings. Everybody has treasures. Everybody, it is like, to have treasures is to be human. Everybody has treasures. I don't care who you are. Even if you would say, well, I don't know about homeless people. Do homeless people have treasures? Yes, they absolutely do. They carry it around in their backpack or they push it in their grocery cart, right? That they probably stole from somewhere. They, they, and you may look at that and say, why are they pushing all that garbage around? Because somewhere in there, that's their treasure. And you probably noticed this before because one person's treasure is somebody else's trash. And you might be living with somebody where you're going, why are you hanging on to this? This is garbage. But there, to them, there is a value to that thing or that accomplishment or something about that. They are deriving meaning and value from it. Now, it's funny that not just homeless people, even little children, can, they, you don't even have to teach them. They will start to have treasures. I remember our daughter, Lindsay, our oldest daughter, who's now 25, when she was little bitty, little bitty, she had a little stuffed animal she called Silly Bear. And this was a little stuffed animal, had a little bear head, little bear arms, and the rest of the body was a blanket. Maybe you've seen those before. And Silly Bear was right there, all right? She had it right there, and then she'd take these two fingers and she'd suck on them. This, is, this was Lindsay. Most of, she went to sleep like this. She woke up like this. Silly Bear was always with Lindsay. And I got to the point where Silly Bear, I think, was a health hazard to Lindsay. You know what I'm talking about? When the little stuffed animal gets so disgusting. You know, like it got drug all over the SUV. It's been all over creation. And I don't even know if this is safe for that child to be holding on to that thing anymore. But we tried to like negotiate. Here's a new silly bear. Oh, she's not having any of that. Like, I, silly, you know, OG silly bear or no silly bear, right? That is the way it works. But we all have, you have, I have, we all have treasures in this life. And that's Jesus' point. Everybody has treasures. It's a part of the human experience. So he's just saying, it's not that that's evil. I just want you to examine where they are and where, what you put them in. Why did Jesus say, this is a great question for us to ask, why did Jesus say not to store it for yourself treasure on earth? Was it because earthly treasure is evil? No, because God provided those earthly treasures. And, and provided them, by the way, intending it to be a blessing. And you can use and leverage earthly treasures even for eternal things. We'll get into that more later. Why, then, did he say not to store up treasure for, on, uh, for yourself on earth? Because, simply, it won't last. He warned us against this, not because you might lose earthly treasures, but because you absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, are going to lose all your earthly treasure, right? We will lose every single treasure we have here on this earth. And it's so important 
to keep that in mind, to play the movie of our life and not wait until we get to the end of life and go, man, I should have reallocated, I should have done a better job of investing the things that I had here on earth. So Jesus here is simply saying our treasures reveal reveal where we're seeking security. And I would add to, it's not just security, but it's our happiness, it's our contentment, it's our significance. We derive all kinds of things from treasure, earthly treasure many times, that will never, please hear me, they will never deliver. It is things that only God himself can give us, but yet we continue to try to derive. I'm talking about highly intelligent, highly successful people do this all the time, trying to derive meaning and power, purpose, significance and and happiness, contentment with life out of something that can never ever give it to them. This is Jesus' point. I just want to save you some time. I don't want you to waste all of your time trying to do this, right? But to learn how to turn to the right things. I even read this week that John D. Rockefeller, most wealthy American to have ever lived, still to this day, most wealthy American to ever lived, when he passes away at his memorial service, it was overheard that someone asked his accountant, how much did he leave? And the accountant's response was, all of it. <laughs> $336 billion, with a B dollars left behind. He didn't, he, he, he didn't even have enough time to use it all in his lifetime. So here's the question I think is really important for us to ask in light of what Jesus is saying. How do we define a good financial investment? Okay, I'm certainly not a financial investment expert, but I think we can all agree that a good financial investment is one that is going to pay off well in 10 years, in 20 years, in 50 years from now. We look down the road and we say, this investment, if we stick with it, is going to perform really, really well for a long, long time. And it was, wow, you'll look back in 10, 20, 50 years and say, I'm so glad I did that back when I did. But Jesus would weigh in on this and say, yes, that's a good strategy to look down the road, but you're not looking near far enough. Not 10, 20, 50 years. How about eternity? How about looking as far down the road as a person could possibly look and even further than that? And putting your investment, your your treasure in something that will A, never lose its value and can never ever be taken away from you. Now, you may be wondering, even back up when Jesus said, the moths can't eat it. Back in the first century, people didn't always stockpile treasure in currency like coin. Many times it was in clothing. You even see this in the Old Testament where kings would would trade valuables. And many times there was like clothing. Clothing was such a big part of their culture. And a handmade garment was super expensive. This is why he's saying that even the most precious and, and, and like expensive clothing can be eaten by moths. It can lose its value. That in time, it can erode, it can decompose, if you will, it will lose its value, or somebody's gonna take it away from you, or you're gonna die and leave it to somebody. One of those things is gonna happen. So here's a really important thing for you to do. I love, uh, like, symbols, I love, uh, like, imagery and, and just illustrations, so follow me on this. 
Think about what Jesus is saying here like a timeline, okay? Well, if we were to look at a timeline where this dot in the middle represents our life on earth and there's an arrow that extends infinitely in this direction, it's everything that has come before us and then the line keeps going this way into the future, everything that's gonna happen in the future. So this, for our purposes today, we're just really worried about the left side of the line. And that line goes all the way out the building, goes through South College Station, through Navasota, through Houston, across the Gulf, across South America. It keeps going past, you know, the, the tip of the world. It goes past our solar system. Galaxy keeps going on and on and on across the universe forever and ever and ever. And Jesus is saying, while you still have time, this is kind of goes back to our apartment question, which would it be more wise to invest in, the dot or the line? And of course, the obvious question is the dot. No, I'm just kidding, the line, right? Just make sure you're paying attention. So, yes, he's saying, listen, of course, that's what you need to be thinking about. I know when you're living in the dot, that's all you can think about is the dot. You're consumed with the dot and everybody else is and everything they post is about the dot and all their goals are about the dot. But Jesus is saying, please do not make the mistake of forgetting everybody lives forever somewhere. This is the teaching of Jesus. Everybody lives forever somewhere. And during this lifetime, we determine what are we going to do with Jesus and what are we going to do with our treasure? And I'm not saying somehow our treasure buys us away to heaven at all. That's not what Jesus taught. But he did say once you decide to follow him, that your treasure has an incredible impact on the trajectory of your life. And we're going to look at that more in just a moment. So which investment, which investment is wiser? What, what, what reflects your life today? If earthly treasure is temporary and heavenly treasure is eternal, then why do so many p people put everything they've got in the, the dot, right? Why do they do that? Why do they do Really smart people, why do they do that? They're simply trying to derive security, happiness, contentment, significance from something that won't deliver it consistently over a long period of time. It's, it's not, that investment is not going to pay off in the long run. It won't last, Jesus is saying. So, and, and also what you will find, if you find yourself in that hamster wheel of trying to invest in things that don't last, is that it's going to be stressful to try to keep it up. There's always a lot of maintenance that goes with stuff that's constantly deteriorating. It's constantly going down. It's going to feel hopeless. It's going to feel futile. It's going to feel like trying to dress up an apartment you're about to give away, okay? And, and, and many people live like that. So, how do we store up treasure in heaven? This is an important next question we need to ask. And Jesus is about to show us how. But let me give you just a quick peek. How do we store up treasure in heaven? When we give our treasure, and here's what I mean by our treasure, our money, our energy, and time. It can be more than that, but it certainly includes those three big items. Our time, our money, our energy, to our relationship with Jesus. We're, we're, we're putting an investment. We're saying this connection with you, Jesus, there's like nothing more important. It's the only thing for me personally. Now, other people's relationships will outlast this life too, but God, his word, this relationship with him, it is the thing that's going to outlast everything else. It's putting an investment there and 
as we give ourselves to the good of other people, and here's how we define that at Brazos Fellowship, our mission statement, is that we exist to guide people into a growing, flourishing relationship with Jesus Christ. No matter who you are, we want to help you to find Christ. If you already know him, we want to help you to go further, faster with him. We want to accelerate that growth with him. But this isn't just for me or the staff. This is for the entire church. I truly believe this is for the entire big church, big C, globally, of Jesus Christ. That he wants everybody to follow what he put in the Great Commission. To go and to preach to all nations this good news, everything that I have commanded you, that they may know me, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and Lo, I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. I'm going to empower you through my spirit, Jesus says. That's in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. So powerful. But this is what he wants us to be about. And treasure that is stored up this way can never be taken away. It will never lose its value. It never can diminish in any way. Because it also, it draws us into a relationship with our heavenly Father, and it helps us to walk more fully in his kingdom, the current spiritual reality that Jesus is inviting us into cannot be accomplished apart from having our, our treasure invested in spiritual things. That doesn't mean every dime that you make. No, I'm just talking about putting God first. It's learning to, sometimes we call it the tithe, the first 10%, or choosing a percentage to say, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna start right off the top I'm going to make sure God and Him as a priority in my life, I'm going to make sure I give towards that thing because it is so powerful what happens. When we put our treasure there, it, it pulls and drags our heart into it as well. Jesus knew there's a connection between our treasure and our heart. They are inseparably linked. Let's take a look where Jesus teaches this. This is verse 21, same chapter, Matthew chapter 6. Let's read the highlighted words together. He says, wherever your treasure is, right? Whatever you're trying to hang on to, you've assigned value to it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also, or will also be. Your treasure determines the direction of the desires of your heart. It doesn't even, it, it, it determines where your heart's going to be, but it also determines the direction of the desires, what you really want in this life. Did you know you can pick what you really want? It's not just something you fall into by default. Now, you will by default always go after the things that your heart is fixed to. You will. This is, Jesus was just saying, like, let me point out the obvious. You're always going to run after that. You're always going to chase after that. But you can pick what your heart is, is, is uh, affections are attached to simply by where you allocate, where you put your treasure. Now, let me define heart real quick. It's literally the executive center of the self. Anytime you're wanting to make a big decision in your life, you want to make a big difference in this world, you're going to reach down in your heart the center of who you are, the, the part of you that really directs and defines who you are as a person and what's going to happen in your life. It's, it's, it's a powerful part of who God and how God made every single one of us. And Jesus is saying, and it is something kind of like a child has to be parented. It has to be directed because your heart will fix itself on things that can destroy you and can destroy me. 
And we have to be careful not to let that happen. To say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let my heart get fixed to that. That's dangerous. That's a cliff. I'm going to fall off. It's going to be horrible. I don't want to do that. So he's saying, I want you to pay attention to what your heart is fixed on. It's almost as though, and actually not almost, it is as though he's talking about your heart has eyes, like it's looking at something. As a matter of fact, later the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, he even says, I'm praying for you Ephesian people that the eyes of your heart would be opened. He says, I'm praying for the spirit of revelation and wisdom for you so that you might know the things of God. There is a very real sense of our heart's eyes focus on things. And Jesus uses this beautiful metaphor in this next verse, verse 22. He says, the eye, the eye is a lamp of the body. So in the same way that your physical eye is a lamp to the body, let me explain that. Your eye is what helps you negotiate and navigate your environment and the reality, it tells you, oh, there's a table right there. I'm not going to bump into that. Oh, there's a ledge. I'm not going to fall off of that. It helps you to see, to correspond to the reality of the world around you. And, and when people's eyes are messed up, they can get really hurt because they're making decisions based on false information, not true information. And Jesus is trying to help us to see, in a very real sense, there is an eye in our heart that can get marred, it can get impaired, it can, it can be looking at the wrong things, it can be impaired in the sense that it can't really see clearly, right? The eye is a lamp to the body. If your eyes are healthy, if they really can see what's going on around you, then your whole body will be full of light. And this idea of healthy means generous, kind, selfless, giving towards and laying up treasure in heaven, giving towards the things of God, letting your life be uh, a, a conduit through which God can flow in this life. You even pray prayers like that. God, use me today to bless other people, to help. Show me where people around me need to be blessed by you, helped by you. Let me look for that. And when we have eyes that are set upon the things of God, it opens our heart up to give and to participate in the things of God more readily. Now, if that eye is fixed on earthly things, if our treasure is here, if it's in a wrong place, it just like your eyesight being marred, messed up, being impaired, you can't see your environment properly. And here's how it messes you up. This is how it messes me up. When our treasure is in the wrong place, it will make us overestimate the value of things that God says that's not worth much. And it will make us underestimate things that God says that is priceless. And we will go through life thinking that we are negotiating our life properly and according to, like, everybody else is doing this, Will. Like, every book I'm reading is, is telling me to do this. This is the way, this is, the, this is like the standard MO of our world today. Why is it not working? Jesus would say, because you're not seeing clearly. Your vision is impaired because of where your treasure is. You follow? And when you put treasure here, you will devalue people and the things of God. You will not give time to it. You won't give your money to it, and you won't give your energy to it. You will give it to everything else that you think will promise you happiness, significance, contentment, and security. And Jesus is saying, don't be 
fooled. Don't live for the dot. Don't act like the apartment is your permanent home. Don't live like this. So powerful. And when that treasure's right and the eye of your heart is right, it's so powerful. There's a ripple effect that begins to happen. It will make not only our, our spiritual life more, more healthy, it makes our mental, emotional state our psychological state of being stressed out, worried, depressed, all the time, anxiety-ridden, you begin to move into a place of going, God's got it. I really trust that. As a matter of fact, I don't just trust it with my lips. I'm giving my treasure to it. I believe that. It will make your body better. It makes the whole, it brings light to the whole body, he says. It illuminates every, you begin to see everything clearer. All of a sudden, I've heard people say this, once I finally made Jesus Lord of my life, once I finally put him number one in my finances and every other area, it was like the light came on. All of a sudden, I'm like, I can see. I can, like, it makes sense now. It used to be like, what are the crazy Jesus people doing? I don't even know until you start doing it. It's so powerful. And even Jesus, over in John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What a promise. Follow me. You, you question whether what I'm saying is true? Put it in practice. Just try it. Try it out. It will change your life forever. So powerful. Verse 23, he goes on to say, but if your eyes are unhealthy, they're stingy, they're greedy, they're fixed on earthly things, then your whole body will be full of darkness. Then the light within you is darkness. When, with, uh, pardon me. Then the light within you is darkness. How great is that darkness? He's saying if that internal eye of your heart is fixed on the things of this world and you're trying to derive meaning, purpose, significance from these things, you're gonna go through life with a false interpretation or understanding of reality. You're going to be bumping into stuff all the time. You're going to get hurt over and over, and you're going to wonder, why? Why can't I figure out this? Why do I keep failing in my relationships? Why do I keep failing? Like, I've made more money than I've ever had, and I'm not as happy as I've ever been. Why is it not working out for me? He's saying, when your eye is in the wrong place, that your whole body, your mind, soul, spirit, physical, everything is in the dark. This is what Jesus would say is what it means to be a lost soul. Saying, God, I don't need you. I got this. I'm going to do it on my own. I don't need you to be first in this area. And Jesus is saying, please don't go that way. Don't live for the dot. Don't act like this world is all there is. It will devastate your life. It will hurt you He's pleading with us here to turn our hearts back to him. We must tell our treasure where to go, he's telling us, or it's going to tell us where to go. <laughs> By default, it always will. But you get to choose. I get to choose where that treasure goes before we're out of time and we're done here. We breathe our last, our heart beats its last, and we're done. 
And Jesus is saying that that treasure will show you the desires of your heart and the desires of your heart will determine who is actually your master, your Lord, your leader, the authority over your life. He tells us this in verse 27, or pardon me, 24. He says this. He says, no one can serve two, let's say it together, two masters. Either you're going to hate the one, you're going to love the other, or you're going to be devoted to one and you're going to despise the other. You cannot serve both, let's say it together, both God and money. Isn't it interesting that Jesus is basically saying, here's my moment where I'm going to tell you, God, from God's perspective, his biggest competitor in your life and in mine, it's not atheism, it's not the devil, it's money. And it is what it falsely promises to all of us. If you have enough of me, I'll take care of everything. Only God can do that. And this idea of master, he's saying, you need to pay close attention. Everybody's got a master. They're not always aware of it. But let's break this word down for a minute. This word master comes from the Greek word kyrios, which means Lord, one with authority by virtue of ownership. It is one that has authority and ownership. You have submitted yourself to it. It calls the shots. It tells you what to do. It guides your direction of your decision-making. It tells you who to be with and not to be with. It shows you what is a, is a worthy goal in this life and what is an unworthy goal in this life. And it ultimately will bring you to the end of your life either with regret or rejoicing. And Jesus is trying to help you to say, play closer to it, because your master will always be dictated by your treasure. And God doesn't want competition. This is why, if we even go to the Old Testament, Moses, you remember Moses? Exodus chapter 20, when he gives us the Ten Commandments, the very first of the Ten Commandments. Here's what he writes. You shall have no gods who take priority over me. St. Augustine said, if we can get the first two commandments right, all the rest of them will take care of themselves. It's either have no gods that have priority over me and make, do not make for yourself an idol. <laughs> He's like, if we could just stop doing those two things, everything else would sort of take care of itself. And he was right. Because we do this by default sometimes. We have things that compete with God. And anything that competes with God will always reject God. You cannot satisfy what God has called us to and what the things of this world are going to demand of you. It's so powerful. You see, this is a, a point where we have to pause and ask the question, where is our heart? Where is our treasure? If God doesn't have first place in your finances, then God doesn't have first place in your heart. This is the conclusion we have to come to based on what Jesus said. Like there's no other way to get there. If he doesn't have first place in our finance, if we've rejected him in this area, we cannot say he has first place in our heart. And we cannot say he is truly my master, he's truly my Lord, and he is the authority and owner that calls the shots in my life. Our eye has been marred because we're looking in the wrong place. I love this quote from the missionary Jim Elliott from Ecuador. He says, he, and I would say she, is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. That, ladies and gentlemen, is wisdom. That is the wisdom of Jesus Christ that we've been looking at today. And it's time for peop the people of God to get back to that, to begin to live like that is actually true. It's so true. So here's my final question. Where do you need to tell your treasure to move, reallocate. You need to move from here to here. It's time. 
I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm, t- I'm sick of the stress and the futility, the hopelessness of trying to derive some of the most important things that human beings need from places that you'll never get them because they're not your father. Jesus says, take an inventory of your heart. Take a close look at what you're fixated on. And here's the prayer I'm asking you to pray with me, simply saying, Lord, I desire to store my treasure in heaven. I I commit today to begin giving, serving, so that my heart will be drawn to yours. Where, where there is discretionary money and time and energy in my life, where, where are you? Where am I investing that? I understand we, we got to pay bills. we got to take care of our family. And I'm not asking you to stop doing that at all. I'm just saying there's a point at which where if God blesses, we get to make a decision with some of those things to say, what should we do with this now? What difference could we make? And Jesus is saying, lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. So powerful when we do that, so that our heart will be drawn to yours. When we put our treasure there, our heart's desires will also be there. Now, next week we're going to be talking about the three things that Jesus says we worry about most, so don't miss that. But I want to lead us in a prayer right now, and I want to ask you in this moment of prayer, would you be willing to just say, God, here's the area of my life where I know I have been going astray. This is where I've definitely been drifting. I've I've put way too much energy, focus, time, money, energy in this area, and it is not. The dividends that are paying back is not satisfying my soul, and I'm tired. I I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to focus on you. Would you just tell him that right now? And and maybe for those of you who have never started a relationship with Jesus Christ, that today is the day you're going to begin that relationship right here, right now. Would you bow with me in prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you, God, that today is a day where eternal destinies can shift in this room and those watching online. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts right now. Help us to get honest to God, to get so brutally honest where we finally are saying, yes, God, I've been going the wrong direction. I put my treasure in something that just won't last. I have foolishly poured way too much in the dot. I've been there too. I know that feeling too. Would you just tell him right now, God, it's time for me to really begin to get serious about laying up treasure in heaven. Help me, God. It is the only place where true significance, hope, confidence, security, happiness can be found. It is found in your kingdom that we were created to function within. Right now, all across this room, if you're asking, Lord, I'm praying right now that you would help me to reallocate my treasure to eternal things. Would you just lift your hand right now? I'd love to pray for you. Thank you. Hands all over the room, here on the floor, in the balcony. God, I pray you would hear the prayers of your people right now. God, help us while we still have time. The movie's not over yet. Help us to move our energy, our time, our money, our treasure to eternal things. Begin to use our life 
in ways that may be a little scary at the beginning. It's going to challenge us to exercise faith in ways maybe we have never done before. But it's going to bring breakthroughs and exciting moments where God's going to show up and do awesome, powerful things that otherwise we would never see. Help us to say yes. Jesus, we say yes to you. Draw our hearts closer to you by drawing our treasure closer to you. You may lower your hands. And if anyone here in this room right now would be honest enough to say, I do not have a personal relationship with God, but I want that. It is available to you. This kingdom, access to this kingdom of God is available to you through his son, Jesus, right now. Would you just be willing right now, just right where you sit, you can say it silently, you can say it in, out loud, you can, however you want to do it, just say, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life right now. I ask that you would forgive all my sin. Every time, every time I have broken, transgressed, fallen short of your holiness with my words, my actions, my, even my thoughts, I pray you would forgive me and you would be the leader the Lord, the curios, the master, the authority, the one who calls the shots in my life from this moment forward. If you just ask Jesus to be your Lord for the very first time, would you just lift your hand? I'd love to pray for you right now. Anybody here, give him my heart. God bless you, buddy, right there. Anybody else, give him my heart over to Jesus in the balcony, on the floor. Anybody here? giving it all over to Jesus right now. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for challenging us, Jesus. Even when it's hard to hear, thank you. It's what we need so desperately, especially now, maybe more than ever before in history. We need this challenge to live for you. We pray, God, that you would help us as we leave here today to begin to put you first, to begin to put our treasure in you consistently, daily, repeatedly, God, so that our hearts would be attached to the thing that outlasts everything on this planet. You, Lord, we thank you. We love you. We pray it all in the incredible name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.